Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Bodlow Racing Team. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Ford Pepsi Max Crew, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is, look, it's a great, it's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bolt, so um, <laughs> been, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but, but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickhead you could say it's just it's, they're just there's good racing and i enjoy it mm. from the racetracks across australia and around the world here's inside supercars this week on inside supercars we sit down with the ceo of v8 supercars james warburton and ask him about his thoughts on many of the topics throughout 2015 james warburton great to have you back on the show and first of all how have you seen 2015 15 yes oh no look massive progress you know like i mean you know i think you know as as we all know you know we've been you know sort of coming off a you know a a difficult time but you know ultimately you know this was the you know this was the big moving year so to speak you know sort of 80 percent improvement in the overall profitability of the company which essentially is delivered back to the teams um a big swing again next year you know in terms of you know what what's budgeted uh 26 cars on the grid you know sustainability um, you know, much stronger than it's been, and you know, major renewals. Uh, you know, with all of our you know sort of government contracts um, back on the international stage. Obviously, with uh, Kuala Lumpur, uh, we'll have a second uh, venue. Um, an intention to race at a second venue, which, if all goes according to plan, we'll announce in the first quarter of next year for 2017. And uh, you know, things in incredibly good shape. Uh, you know, the overall broadcast deal has been an in- incredible positive. You know, we understand why. You know, there's some adulation at the start of the year about people paying for the product, but you can see the incredible growth in the the subscription TV product and ratings, and then obviously, you know, with the highlights packages, the combination, you know, actually exceeding, you know, where we were from just a free-to-air offering, and the, obviously that, you know, then the ancillary program, you know, driving close to a 30% increase, crowds up. Um, massive events have got their mojo back, you know. So our really big street races have all got their mojo back with things like, you know, the the um, Robbie Gordon Stadium trucks and concerts and those types of things. And uh, you know, so a very, very, very good year. Lessons learnt from the year. Uh, you know, I just think it's about um, continuing our investment in, you know, into our events, you know, and and making sure that you know we're giving. Um, incredible value to the fans, you know, and that's and and that's rewarded with things like the True Colour Track Walk and you know the effort that the teams and the drivers and obviously the category put in. Um, and you know, we've probably got to um, you know sort of talk through you know a lot of the you know a lot of the facts and the figures you know for some of the naysayers. But you know, it's, I actually don't think there's been many negatives at all um, throughout the course of the year. There's always things to work on. You know, I don't think you ever rule a line and go, you know, we're perfect. Not saying that. Um, but you know we've we, we, we've we've had a very good year. Is twenty sixteen focus going to be on more participation at the track, more people coming through the gate? Now, television's locked down. A lot of the other things that have been seen as stumbling blocks are out the way. Yeah, I mean that's the. I mean, any, I think in any sport, sport it's always about growth. Um, you know, so it's growth across all of the platforms, including the you know sort of act track and. And those types of things. We've got some some really good ideas around you know some of those heritage events. I mean, the park and view is a great example of you know something that's been um, you know unanimously accepted, almost sold out. You know, as one of the first things sold out. So I think from that perspective, there's you know as as I said, you know, taking that fan feedback and really making sure that we're giving the fans the offerings they want. 
um, yeah, and yeah, well, I mean, it's continue. It's a really a continuation on, you know, in, in, in terms of that overall program. The business is more than just uh, a championship. Diversification has been something that's been on your agenda, and uh, I guess what will the business look like when you continue? Or you get to put a few more building blocks in in place. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that you know the, the the business will cement its place as you know one of the top three Australian sports, and I think you know we're there or thereabouts. Uh, but ultimately, the size and scale of the events we run, you know, and the fact that you know we are the third most attended sport in the country, you know, those you know sort of types of things are about making us even more mainstream than we are now. You know, Asia's crucially important. You know, as as I've you know said said a number of times, and we've got plans to do more. You know, in terms of you know cementing a stronger reputation there. Um, you know, and, and you know, re- really, you know, really making sure that we've got strong, healthy, sustainable business um, m- moving forward. Does the business model have to really become the entertainment overarching management and and structure with a championship arm? A entertainment arm and an an events arm. Obviously, you've got the media company, and and most people look at the championship as the product. But the company is a much, much more broad and diverse company than that. And I guess that's something that you don't maybe you don't need to advertise that, or you don't need to make people aware of that. It's certainly not forefront. No, no, well, that's right. I mean, I think at the end of the day, people think about V8 supercars as what happens on track, full stop. Um, You know, and that's. And that's how it should be looked at, because that's ultimately what you know people people want um, in terms of a sport that they follow. You know, they're not worried about the back end and the administration or you know anything along those lines. So I think. But that, is that not limiting to what the entertainment or the head company can achieve and wants to achieve? Does it by just focusing so much on the championship does that limit how you're perceived in those other areas? Oh, look, you know, I don't think so. I mean, I think you know when when, when you get to the absolute core of it we're an events company and the events company which puts on you know through sponsorship through ticket sales through corporate and then obviously through you know media rides that is how our paddock you know survives so to speak and and how we actually derive the income so i think from that perspective what you've heard you know time and time again from you know from the owner group is simple and that's that we're you know we're entertainment we're a show and so with that, you know, we must make sure that we're continuing to do, you know, to, to do things. So, you know, at a board level, we talk about events, we talk about, you know, concert investments, you know, getting, you know, Cold Chisel at uh, the Gold Coast as an example, what that is, what that returns in ticket sales, the economic benefit, you know, with governments and those types of things. So it's a very sophisticated uh, business model. You've seen the start in many ways of, you know, our capability with taking on the Bathurst 12-hour, you know, looking at other categories and potential management rights, you know, in, in, in terms of those things. We've got lots of approaches to, you know, do more, you know, do more things. Um, but we're a mighty little company too, you know, total staff of 70 people. So we've also got to be very mindful of, you know, what we're doing and a very compressed calendar next year, which, you know, everyone wanted. We've now got it. And it's going to be a hell of a year in terms of, you know, bang, 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 and, you know, winter break and... And then bang, 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 bang again, and you know, including our international round. So it's you know, it's going to be a very you know, very um, busy year and a very condensed year, which um, you know, I think will actually again give that championship, give the championship the growth that it uh, that it deserves. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we're able to take the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do. Um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Everyone wanted the compressed calendar, but when you speak to people who are paying the wages of of uh, the people employed, they're always concerned we can't get too small because we wouldn't need our staff for as long. Mm-hmm. Does the diversification, getting into the further into events management that isn't fair supercars, and having that return on investment coming back through to the to the team owners and to Archer, of course, mm-hmm. um, does that then make a, a more condensed, tighter championship more palatable? Oh, look, I think ultimately, you know, most of the teams have, you know, a, a, a whole range of full-time employees that are the absolute core. And, you know, whether they have to wait, you know, three weeks or, you know, one week um, between rounds, um, you know, ultimately what we're about is making the championship bigger, stronger and, you know, have more level of growth and and support. And, you know, there's absolutely no question throughout the course of the early part of this year we were forgotten about, you know, big launch, start, gap, you know, and, you know, once we got sort of got through um, the Grand Prix in Tasmania, it was like it was too sporadic and there was big three, four-week gaps and it's an incredibly cluttered market, you know, the sports market, and you've got to be top of mind, you've got to have, the you know, the championship top of mind and, and we we get a, you know, a fantastic amount of coverage before every event and we get a fantastic amount of coverage after every event and what it means for the championship, but you can't drag that on. You know, it'd be like... You, but know, you, you don't have a Tuesday tribunal. You don't have Wednesday's injuries. No. And then Thursday's preview. Yeah. You just don't have that. No, that's It's right. not the nature of this business. No, that's right. But, you know, if, if you look at next year, you know, it's literally preview, race, review, week off, race again. So you those gaps and in terms of the following... And, you know, we as I said, you know, way back when, when we did the... Um, the deal away from Channel 7, 87% of our fans didn't know where, when we were on or on what channel. And so if you can't find it, you can't follow it, you know. And so, um, you know, um, and I can't remember the, um, I think it was Rusty who said, uh, might have even been Manny White who said, um, easy to follow, hard to find, I think was the you know, was the number of it. So this is going to be a positive, and this is what will drive you know sponsorship results, and you know, and, and ultimately what we're about. And it's growth, growth in incomes, and those incomes obviously going back to the teams. Mm. What a difference ten months is. Ten months ago, you had a test day on the Bathurst twelve-hour weekend. There was certainly a lot of animosity built up through the media. You now are promoting the thing. It's uh, a quantum shift, one hundred and eighty degrees in uh, in position. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, ultimately for us, you know, Bathurst is sacrosanct and um, we've got an incredible relationship with the Bathurst Regional Council and, you know, everything that James and I spoke about, it probably led to us developing a relationship, to be honest. Um, and, you know, the more we got talking about it and where the event was and obviously with our partners in Bathurst Regional Council, um, you know, it became evident that the event needs to go that next level and that it needs, you know, sort of the resources of, you know, something you know, something more and you know, obviously James's um, private company and we're able to come to an agreement, um, which is fantastic. 
it sort of also sets the scene for what you're doing in Kuala Lumpur. Kuala Lumpur, when you go there, is a very different uh, dynamic to when we've seen the series travel overseas before. You're much more embedded in the running of... or much more embedded in the management of the event with the um, television package and the and the V8 supercar or the V8 media involvement. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you've got to, you know, you've got to really think about, you know, what we've learnt through the history of international events. You know, what worked, what didn't, and you've got to think about, the, you know, the smartest possible way in which you can integrate all of your assets, um, and provide value. You know, so I think that um, you know, being part of, you know, a big event is always going to be better than, you know, demanding for it to be a V8 supercar only event, you know. So the focus of, you know, when we were there for our demonstration was the, um, was the you know, GT Cup, um, or the Grand, the Grand Prix and the, and, and the GT Cup. And obviously we were there just from a demonstration point of view, you know, for year one. And obviously we, you know, we take the full championship rounds, but there'll be a number of other categories. Some categories have announced, some haven't. Um, that will actually be there and it will be very similar to what you actually see at a V8 Supercars event which is you know a number of great categories across the course of the weekend and then there'll be the you know the headline act the feature acts and all those types of things so um, that's very much what we you know what what we're about you know very pragmatic in terms of our approach and the, the way in which you need to work and you know the days there's a lot of competition on the international markets you know so the days of you know getting you know massive sanction fees from people or putting on events or you know you, you've you've got to provide value the views expressed on inside supercars including the panelists and guests do not reflect the views of the network thunder media or sport radio any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of thunder media is strictly prohibited. each week join the inside motorsport team as they look at all the news from across australia and around the world this year in formula three i think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that however i believe for myself uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as about supercars in australia is where i see myself second crack at the australian time since we've been back and we unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway city uh two weeks ago inside motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Does it frustrate you when you just constantly see, them, particularly the social media, not so much the uh, the mainstream media, but when they see the social media just coming out with, you know, ridiculous claims on, you know, your television numbers or going overseas and these sorts of things, and they're just not even looking past the immediate picture of five people probably go to every single V8 supercar event. Uh, you know, like I think at the end of the day, you know, it's one of the great things about our sport that, you know, like there's incredible passion um, in all of our fans and that's great. Without that, you know, we wouldn't be as successful as we are. So I think that's the first thing. The second is, you know, the great thing about travelling on the calendar is, you know, I've probably had 60 to 70 conversations between Friday and, you know, this time Saturday with fans from food offerings at the venue through to, you know, camping at Bathurst, you know, through to car parks, through to transport, through to, you know, anything, you know, that, that, that a fan might want to talk about. Um, you know, and ultimately, you know, that is important to us. But, you know, I think that, you know, the, a small minority, you know, on social media that continually come up, you know, on every post or everything in terms of, you know, sort of, you know, the pay TV deal or anything like that, and I've been very, very clear about why we had to do it. I've been very clear about, you know, the benefits in it. And the important thing is, you know, that's backed up by fact. Everyone can see the Oztam ratings. You know, it's as clear as day. We put it out in a transparent way. 
everyone can see the Repucom data, which is what the majority of clients actually buy their sponsorships on, and everyone can see what's where's going. You know, just because a sponsor leaves, you know, does not then directly link a sponsor leaving. No one ever talks about the sponsors coming in. There's been some, you know, some good ones, you know, sort of join the join the paddock this year. But also, you know, this the offering needs to get more sophisticated, you know, as as well, both at a series level and also at a teams level. So we've got something incredible, you know, to to sell. And hey, you know, perhaps we need to trumpet more. Perhaps we don't trumpet enough. Perhaps we're not out there, you know, bashing the table and saying, "Look at the figures." You know, we, you know, we we said it was going to be unprecedented. Look at the numbers, and you know, I don't think anyone could deny, you know, how much the sport's grown in profile on a whole range of platforms. And no one ever talks about the digital numbers. And the digital numbers, I mean, it's telephone numbers. Forget about it. It is unbelievable in terms of the stickiness, you know, of our sport and what it does. And again, you know, event attendances and KPIs and auditing we go through with all we you know with all the um, all the governments from an event attendance point of view. So things are really, really, really positive. And you'll always have the naysayers, and you'll always have that. But you know, I've never seen a statue built for a critic. Roger Penske said that he's never seen the red and blue loyalty and and uh, manic support anywhere in the world as strong as it is here in Australia. When the blue doesn't want to play, you've got the red and you need to have all these other ones. How's the Gen 2 discussions going to make sure you you have more than red and blue, but you will have these sorts of uh, tribe loyalties, tribal loyalties, to continue on? Yeah, look, you know, I think that um, it's amazing to think we're only in the third year of Car of the Future. And the, you know the fact that after you know two decades of red versus blue, that we've actually now got the supporters, and you can see it yourself in the paddock in terms of you know the followers that they're out there that you know might be cheering for a Scotty McLaughlin or you know um, you know the, you know the Kelly boys, um, etc. So I think from that perspective, it you know it takes time to turn, but you know to me, you know the new manufacturers have been well and truly embraced, and you know that's only more so. You know as the Nissan's now incredibly competitive, and obviously you know Volvo's. You know, probably had a better first year than a second year, but it looks like it's back to where it needs to be. So both CEOs and Gary Rogers have all made, you know, comments in terms of the new manufacturers. Um, you know, again, you know, positive sentiment coming out of, you know, the, you know, the, the, the red camp. Um, you know, and we're delighted. I mean, no matter what I try and do, I think, you know, again, Roger Penske having made the claims he's making from a Ford point of view, you know, it's fantastic that you know it's actually been addressed at a global level. Um, I've never agreed with the decision. You know, I think, you know, from from that perspective, and you know, again, you talk about um, numbers. You know, the sales numbers back me up. You know, in terms of you know some of the worst years on record you've seen. So I think that we've got an incredible asset for a very small investment. Um, but you know, you've got to respect the decision too. You know, from from that from that perspective. So I think that one's still a little bit open. So I always said um, retention was key. And then obviously that, you know, the, you know, the ability to, to, to attract. So, you know, the good news for us is we've got a number of discussions that are open, you know, from the no, we're not going, no, we won't even consider it because it's V8. No, never under any circumstances will we ever consider it because it's V8. Now it's like maybe not now, you know, in the case of Lexus, not now. You know, it's not no, it's not now. And then we think about the other manufacturers and there's a couple that are perhaps more, you know, perhaps a little bit more progressed. Um important thing for us is it's there in perpetuity you know so it's not about oh if we don't have one by 2017 it's you know it's it's 
it's not going to happen or it's, you know, it's a disaster. It's actually about making sure that we've got a framework that takes us all the way through to 2021. And, uh, you know, next year, you know, we're really going to focus on putting flesh on the bone for Gen 3, you know, beyond 2021 and actually give, you know, again, the manufacturers a really long-term, a long-term look at it. So, you know, so I think in overall, you know, in an overall sense, you know, again, I think it's been a very positive move to, you know, to get the Gen 2 framework out there. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Bought Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso. And And you're you're listening listening to Inside Supercars. Of course, uh, another announcement at the beginning of the year was the V8 Utes category management. They were supposed to have a new generation truck out uh, this year um, but that seems to have stalled. Where is the management of the Utes and what's their future under the V8 supercar model? Yeah, well it's, it's not under our model so at the end of the day we, you know, we announced the heads of agreement but um, we didn't agree in terms of the framework and it's back with them. So um, you know, so the Utes board are you know, running you know, whatever they see um, you know, clearly we don't agree with it which is why we're not a part of it so um, you know, we'll, we'll see. They're more than welcome at, at our events and on our card. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's now up to them. So, Fair Supercars has got no, no. management right because I thought that was a CAMS agreement. Yeah, look, it was. I mean, it, you know, from um, you know six, sixteen onwards. But you know, think things have changed. Um, so, you know, look, hey, we've got enough to do. You know, from, from our perspective, you know, we, we saw it as a really big positive for the manufacturers. Um, but ultimately, you know that. You know, competitor set or the board, you know, I should say, didn't want to change or want to change in a different way. And uh, as I said, it's uh, it's up to them now. And you know, and 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 off they go. And Bathurst was obviously an interesting one. Uh, so many stories out of it. But one was, of course, uh, Dave Reynolds and yep. Harvey Norman. Now, one of the stories that uh, certainly went through the paddock was Harvey Norman were potentially going to be a naming rights sponsor for the series next year, and this incident killed it. Is there any truth in that? No, no. I've, you know, I've I've had a very long um, association with um, with Katie. You know, saw her within a few weeks of my appointment at V8 Supercars, and just you know, just, just you know, just to make contact and let her know where I was and and just catch up. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, the great thing about um, you know Harvey Norman is you know exactly what they're looking for, and the um, the Supergirls program, you know, when it was devised was absolutely perfect for everything that they stand for in furthering, you know, sort of female participation in sport. It's a two-year agreement, you know, for this year and next year, and that's exactly what it is. You know, the, the you know, Dave Reynolds' comment had nothing to do with the fact that it was um, Harvey Norman in any way, shape or form. You know, it was a stance that, you know, we took, you know, as a category, and I took um, as, you know, what were deemed appropriate. I say on every occasion that the drivers are absolute, uh, the absolute superstars of the show, and all you need to do is stand in the dome there at ten thirty, and you know see, 
you know, a couple of thousand people that have got out of bed early on a Saturday and got here to know that the driver's signing on it. And the access these guys give, the time and the goodwill they give to, um, you know, the fans at every race meeting, uh, and as they, you know, as all the drivers have done for decades, is exactly why this sport is where it is. So, you know, when we, um, you know, so they're incredible ambassadors, and I put Dave in that, you know, category as well. They're incredible ambassadors for this sport, and um, you know. If, if, if there's something that's a little out of line, then, you know, unfortunately from time to time, and it's not very often, you know, we, 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 we need to deal with it. They are human. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, the, you know as, 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 as we said, you know, in the case of Dave, we don't think that he meant anything really derogatory by it. He's, you know, he's a funny guy, as we all know, but, you know, unfortunately, whatever reason, it came out wrong. Mm. James, uh, probably not too much of a Christmas break for you and the team, but we do wish you all the best for it. Thank you very much. We'll, uh, be, we'll take every second we can, and uh, we should do this again next year. My thanks to James Warburton there. After the break, we hear from Rod Nash about the Sydney 500 and his thoughts of its future. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page, and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two laps the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Rod Nash is, of course, the championship winning team owner. I caught up with him at Sydney and asked him about some of the rumours going around about the future of the Sydney 500. The Sydney race, there's been a lot of speculation on changes that might be tweaked to this event here at Homebush. And do you think the uh, for the success, the ongoing success of the Sydney 500... We might need to shorten the track and tighten up the package and, once again, reduce some more costs in putting this event on. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, look, um, you know, this is, uh, this is great, this infrastructure, and it is Sydney-based. Um, but, you know, it's like anything um, in, in any business. Um, you've got to isolate what, what the costs are. And, of course, this event has extremely large costs. So, um, and there has been a lot of work on analogy and you know talks with government and and all that sort of thing to make it work so i'm comfortable that uh plenty's being done but yeah i would like to certainly see it still around uh we always said i remember back with cochran tony he said um that you know we need a sydney based uh race meaning the hub of australia and i think that's worked a treat um you know again the infrastructure's been very expensive but if we can find a way through different w- ways and methodologies to to make that work, well, yeah, I'd certainly support it. So would shortening the track be the easy way or would that actually uh, be detrimental to the product? No, I think uh, shortening the track definitely has uh, merit in it. I mean, obviously I'm not right up with, um, with those infrastructure costs, but there's certain parts of the track that have extremely high costs associated to them. So you know, Shane Howard and them have, have looked at it closely and... 
and uh, they've got some modelling that you know may work. But um, but yeah, it's uh, street circuits are expensive. We know that uh, they work well though. Uh, it's great that our category has the we have racetracks and street circuits. I think that's very much the success of of what we're about. If we were just racetracks or just street circuits, I think we'd be an entirely different sport. So so any of the street circuits have been successful really. So um, yeah, we just got to try and make this one work. Well, thanks for your time, Rod Nash. All right, thank you. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Supercars. Thanks for your time. I hope you've enjoyed the show throughout season 2015. We've got one more before the year ends. But I hope you have a fantastic Christmas. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars.